God whispers. And I want to make sure that we're observant enough and we're, we're aware enough of the times in our lives where God whispers. In fact, we live in the noisiest generation ever. There's a lot out there that distracts us. There's a lot out there, a lot of noise. It almost seems like when we finally get a moment where there's some silence, we get, we get uncomfortable. We don't even know what to do when it's quiet. Y'all remember this sign, silence is golden? Uh, there's something about being in the, that moment of silence where there's no distractions and there's no noise. Uh, it's like the problem with noise is that you become numb to it after a while. Uh, anybody that lives near a railroad track, uh, Miss Faye, uh, Angel and I, you may not know this, but about uh, 22, 23 years ago, when, uh, when we got out of college, we were looking at a house, and it wasn't too far from where you live. And the first thing Angel said, I'm not living on a railroad track. <laughs> of course, me, I said, well, I hear the train coming. <laughs> But uh, from what I understand, and Miss Faye, y'all can vouch for this, people that live near a railroad track, they grow accustomed to it. They get used to it. Or people that live in the, in the flight path of a B-52, <laughs> you don't even pay attention to it. The only time you notice it is when company comes over. And they're like, what's that noise? See, we grow numb. We grow numb to noise. When there's too many distractions and there's too much getting in your way, you don't listen to the God whispers because you are overwhelmed by the noise of life and by the busyness of life. And, and my fear is that we've grown so used to all the noise and all the distractions that we're not listening to the, the God whispers, the still small voice. And so I want us to draw our attention this morning to a time in Scripture where God whispers. God whispered and God's servant heard. So if you have your Bible this morning, open it to 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19, we'll begin at verse 9. You found your place. Would you stand if you're physically able to show reverence for the reading of God's word from 1 Kings 19, beginning at verse 9. This is talking about Elijah. The Old Testament prophet, Elijah, and it tells you in verse 9 that Elijah entered a cave there and spent the night. And then the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord, God of hosts, but the Israelites have abandoned your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with a sword. I alone am left, and they are looking for me to take my life. Then he said, go out and stand on the mountain in the Lord's presence. At that moment, the Lord passed by. A great and mighty wind was tearing at the mountains and was shattering cliffs before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a, a voice, a still small voice, a soft whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle 
and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Let us pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, today, God, speak to us in this very noisy time in which we live, that we would be observant enough and spiritually aware enough to hear the still, small voice that God whispers. God, it's a concern in my heart that we're so busy, we're so distracted, we're, we're, there's things going on all around us that vie for our attention and tempt us and distract us. I, I'm concerned that, God, we, we wouldn't even hear that whisper. We wouldn't respond to that still, small voice. So, God, help us to, to tune out the noise, to eliminate the distractions, and to sit and enjoy the silence and ask, God, what are you telling me? What are you teaching me? What are you showing me? And God, will be careful to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The still, small voice. Would you even be aware of the whispers? Would you even pay attention to that still, small voice? Let's talk about Elijah the prophet, a very famous Old Testament prophet. This is right after he has this huge victory on Mount Carmel. You remember when he, he called down fire from heaven? And, and it really, it was, a, it was a demonstration of God's glory and God's power before the false prophets of Baal because God showed up in a very powerful way, and that was on Mount Carmel. And, and, and when God showed up and displayed that fire, it made all the false prophets of Baal realize there's only one true living God. There's only one true and living God, and it is the God of Elijah. It is the God that we serve. And right after that very victorious event on Mount Carmel, Elijah goes to a cave. Now, don't miss this. Sometimes when we have a spiritual victory, sometimes when we have a high moment and, and we come out of a great revival or a great camp experience or a great Bible study, it is sometimes in those high moments where we have a huge letdown, where we have a huge attack from the enemy, where we literally face a time of darkness and isolation just like Elijah in the Bible that we read about. He went into a dark cave fearing for his life after this huge moment at Mount Carmel. He is in fear of his life from a woman, Jezebel. And he runs into this cave. He says, all the other prophets have been killed. We're wanted men. They're coming after us. And he's scared. After he called fire down from heaven... He's a scaredy cat. He's timid. He goes into this cave by himself. Now think about a cave, because I think there's a lot, of, a lot of symbolism in this that we can see a cave is a dark place. Sometimes after a spiritual high point, you will suffer from depression. You will struggle with this, this feeling of darkness, and this feeling will overwhelm you at times. And, and, and the devil knows to work on people like Elijah. Right after a, a, a spiritual victory, he knows to go to work on him and start tempting him and start attacking him. Because why? Because right after that Mount Carmel experience, that, Elijah's on fire. We've got to quench that fire. The devil and his demons know we've got to do something. Because guess what? 
He's an unstoppable force. If he comes out of Mount Carmel and he stays on this high and he stays focused on God and he stays worshiping God and praising God, there is no limit to what can happen. So the devil and his demons and the spirit of darkness overwhelm and get him in this cave and he's isolated. You know, that's the worst thing you can do when you're going through a time of depression is isolate yourself. I know it's your first instinct. I know it's a reflex, right? It's just natural. You want to be alone. You don't want to fake it. You don't want to be around people. You get to where you, you, you don't even want to look in the mirror. You get so irritated. You get so despondent. And, and, and I understand that that's a reflex, right? But let me just tell you, by Elijah doing that, he's only putting himself darker and deeper and deeper into that pit. You cannot allow the enemy to get to you to make you think that you want to be isolated you want to be on this cave. Because I want you to look at God's response when he knows that Elijah is in that cave. Look at what he tells him. The, the thing that God says to him is what you need to remind yourself of when you find yourself in that depression. Go out. Look at look in verse uh, uh, 11. Go out and stand on the mountain of the Lord's presence. If you stay in the cave, you stay in the darkness. If you stay in the cave, you stay in the depression. You've got to get out. You've got to go out. You've got to get out of that cave. Every cave has an entrance. Every cave has a source of light that if you look real hard, you'll find it. If you look real hard, you'll see the opening. Go towards the light. Get out of that darkness even if you don't feel like it. Even if you feel like just laying in bed all day. Even if you feel like staying there. Listen to what God said to Elijah. Elijah, go out and stand and on that mountain in the Lord's presence. Elijah had to get up and go out. And when you don't feel like it, You've got to get up, and you've got to go out. Depression is just as real as heart issues, cancer, and any other thing. And when you find yourself walking on that path with those issues, there is a biblical response to it. And we have to follow the pattern that's here. Elijah wanted to stay in the cave. He feared for his life. He wanted to just waller in that. God said, get up. Go out. Go to the light. Get out of that darkness. Don't stay there. Don't, 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 don't live there. Get out of that. So here's what happens. Elijah stood up. He goes out there, and a great wind came up. I love this. I, I think some people are always looking for, for God and, and, the, and the bang and, and the shock and the awe. They're always looking for God in the production. And it says here in Scripture that the wind came up. The wind made a lot of noise. There's a lot of movement. But how do many of you know that sometimes just because there's activity and noise doesn't mean there's God? The wind blew and, and, and things happened, but God was not there. Look at what it says in Scripture. At that moment, the Lord passed by a great mighty wind, was tearing at the mountains and was shattering the cliffs before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. Now, next, after the wind, comes an earthquake. Now, that's even more movement. That's even more noise. That's even more production, right? But guess what? It tells you in Scripture, it says, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. So right after the earthquake, there's a fire. Now, it has to be a fire because you know the story of Moses. Moses looked at a bush that was on fire, and yet it did not burn up. 
God's got to be in the fire. But look again in Scripture. But the Lord was not in the fire. So we have wind, we have an earthquake, and we have fire where people are always looking at the, at the shock and awe or the bang and the, and the movement. But it says God was not there. Where was God? So look at what it says in Scripture. And after the fire, there was a still small voice, perhaps in your translation. A still small voice. Or maybe in your translation it says a whisper. I wonder if so many people are looking for the big production and the big circumstances and the big movements, that they're not listening for the whisper. The last time you were in a fight with someone, maybe a dispute, maybe an argument, maybe just a discussion, <laughs> did you listen to the still small voice that said, stop? Or did you have to get that last word? <laughs> now, you don't have to confess. <laughs> the last time maybe you were involved in a conversation with a coworker, and a still small voice said, witness. Did you hear it or did you just tell another joke and talk about the weather and trivial things that don't matter? How many of us get so busy and so distracted that we're not even aware of that whisper anymore because you've grown numb? I'm going to tell you there's been times where I felt that tug so powerful but then there's been times where instead of a tug, it was more of just a breeze. It was more of just a, just something. Because after a while, when you, when you, how many of you have ever known this about a, maybe a, a spouse or someone else? If you don't pay attention to them, then, then eventually the conversations just get less and less and less. You know, because a person gets tired of being taken for granted. A person gets tired of you not listening, of you not paying attention. So if God has tried repeatedly to give you that still small voice, that nudge, that what the Holy Spirit unction, the, the old timers used to call it, that unction, and, and over and over you ignore it and you don't pay attention to it, then how many of you know sometimes there's consequences to that? You see, Elijah had to first get up and get out of that cave, and then he had to observe what was happening. He sensed the wind. He felt the earthquake. He saw the fire. But God whispered. God whispered a still, small voice. And I want us to be observant enough. I want us to be open enough. I want us to be spiritually attuned enough to hear the God whispers of life. Because in my time, in my experience, God has whispered a whole lot more to me than any audible voice. He's whispered to me in moments... You don't have to have the last word. Or he, he's whispered to me in moments, pray with that coworker. They just gave you an opportunity to pray about a situation in their life. Pray over them. The God whispers. We're so busy. We're so distracted. And I'm afraid we'll miss the God whispers of life. Would you even notice? Could you hear him with all the distractions that are out there? Elijah heard it, and look at Elijah's response. 
How did Elijah respond when God whispers? It says he took his mantle. Did you pay attention to that? Verse 13, when Elijah heard the still small voice, he wrapped his face in his mantle. That's a sign of humility. That's a sign that he recognized that God was speaking to him. And what a privilege it is when you sense God, when you're in God's presence, when you sense his, you, you see something in scripture that, that is an answer to something you've been praying about, or you, you, receive, you, you receive confirmation from the Holy Spirit that says you need to make that decision that you've been putting off. The best thing to do when you recognize that you're in God's presence is cover your face. Fall on your face. Get down on your knees and don't take those moments for granted because you know there are many Christians that have never experienced that. There's many Christians that just go through the motions and they've never really experienced what it's like to be in God's presence. And so if you ever have that privilege to be in God's presence, it should overwhelm you. It should humble you. And you should not take it for granted. And it should make you fall on your face or cover your face and say, God, I, I just want to savor this moment. I've been so busy. I've been so distracted. I've been so caught up in the trivial things of life that, God, I, I was zoned out. And I don't want to be zoned out anymore. I, I want to hear you, God. I want to sense you, God. I want to feel you. Bible has a thing or two to say about how we can take God for granted. But one of the Psalms mentions, as a deer pants for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. You know, a deer has that instinct, I've got to get to water. Water is good. Water means I live. If I don't get to water, that deer knows I will die. And yet many of you go through day after day, week after week, month after month, taking God for granted, taking his presence for granted, and you don't have that same longing. You don't have that same burning desire to be in God's presence. Well, then, ladies and gentlemen, i got to tell you, you don't worship the same God that I do. You wear a label, but you may not have a relationship. You're in a denomination, but you don't have a walk. You're a member of a church, but you may not be born again. Because there's something about being born again and being in God's presence and knowing to not take it for granted. Are you listening for God? Sometimes we need to stop and listen. I know silence is awkward, but I think it's golden. And I think it's in those moments where he speaks to us, the loudest, so to speak. I want you to get caught up in his presence. I want you to just sit at his feet and listen to him. I heard a story the other day that almost brought tears to my eyes. A little four-year-old girl. A little four-year-old girl had a brand-new baby brother. And the parents were observing how loving and protective she was of her little baby brother. And they were listening to her, and that little four-year-old girl went and gave her baby brother a big old hug. And she whispered to her baby brother, but her parents could hear it. Tell me what God sounds like. I'm beginning to forget. Tell me what God sounds like. I'm beginning to forget. Out of the mouth of bed. Are you ever silent enough to hear the still, small 
voice? Do you ever get caught up in His presence? Caught up in the in the being in His presence and nothing else, nothing else. Getting rid of all the distractions and all the other things, setting all that aside, and just being in His presence. Larry, come down here. Marlene and Doug. We're going to do something a little different this morning. I want you to listen to the message of this song. And as God moves in you, if you want to stay seated, if you want to stand, if you want to come down to this altar, if you want to pray here at this altar or in your seat, or if you want to find one of these that maybe you want to share something with one of them and just say, I need you to pray for this situation. This thing I'm going through at home, at school, at work. I think so often we we don't sit at his feet and get caught up in the holy moment. So that's what we're going to do today. You can stay seated. You can stand. You can come to this altar. You can do whatever the Holy Spirit guides you to do. But don't waste this moment. Yes. 
God is good. And all the time. So sometimes we just need to be in his presence, sit at his feet, not have any agenda, not have any, uh, just a long list that you bring to him. I need this, I need this, I need this. Sometimes it, it's so important just to go to him.